should just sense this weekend is such a weekend of shift. I believe it's no accident that the conference called Kingdom Shift. I believe there's shift in paradigms happening. I believe there's shift in anointing happening. I believe there's shift in where you're at and where God's taking you. Amen? I just believe that there's a massive wave of shift happening in this city this weekend. Not because I'm here, but because it's a time of alignment with the purposes of God. Amen? Father, I just decree your shift in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Just say, have your way, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just keep drinking. Just because I start preaching a little bit, don't stop drinking. I like when people get hit with fire. I like when people get drunk. I like when people make noise. The only thing I don't like is when people are dead. So don't, don't be dead tonight. Amen? I, I want to share some things with you, and then I don't know if we'll, where we'll go, but we just let the Holy Ghost have His way. As I was coming into the airspace of Australia, the Lord began to speak to me and give me prophetic downloads about the nation. Now I believe as God lets me share this weekend, I'll share some of those downloads. But in particularly, God began to speak to me as we came into Perth about this region. And so I want to share some things that that Holy Spirit has downloaded to me about Perth. He said that Perth is destined to be an apostolic hub, an outpost. You know, an outpost is a place often in in a remote front. It's a place of strategy. It's a place of reinforcement. It's a place of advancement. And I believe the Holy Ghost has destined this region to be an apostolic center, to be an outpost. When we were uh, in Sydney, I was prophesying. And I didn't know, I didn't know the geography of Australia. But the Lord, I began to see a wave coming ashore. And the Lord began to say to me, there's a wave coming on the western shore that's going to rise up and begin to move across the territory. In that same meeting, I began to see the Gold Coast. And I saw a gold wedding band. And I saw a diamond in the wedding band. And I saw the light of the Holy Spirit hitting the diamond. And I saw that light like a prism going off in different directions and colors. And the Lord said, there's a tremendous prophetic uh, synergy in the Gold Coast of Australia. But he said, there's too many that just want to be prophets that carry the word. I want them to be prophets of intimacy. And I'm marrying them to intimacy and to prayer and I believe there's an apostolic mandate on this western section of Australia and a prophetic mandate over there on the east and I believe when those two waves rise up and come colliding together in the middle it's going to send a shock wave of glory across the nation I believe God wants to bring a kingdom shift and a shock wave of glory into the land of Australia in the name of Jesus hallelujah I began to see that Perth was called to be an outpost. That from this place, this region, there would be a sending anointing. And God would begin to send spiritual reinforcements across the nation. I believe that God is raising up an apostolic identity upon this city and upon this territory. And God is raising up a kingdom outpost that is going to be sending people across the nation. Full of the Holy Ghost and power. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I began to say, Lord, what did, where does this begin? And the Lord began to say to me, it begins with the acceptance of an apostolic mantle. In order to move in the agenda of the Holy Spirit, 
You must accept the apostolic mantle that is placed upon your region. The Lord began to say to me, there's been a spirit of unhealthy independence and isolation that's been released into this territory to keep the outposts from arising. In other words, I began to see there are people that have an unhealthy spirit of independence. It's like, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And the devil's isolating you, and you're not coming into kingdom synergy and hearing the call of the Lord to begin to release the shockwaves of heaven across this territory. And I believe for birth to arise and come into its apostolic destiny, there's got to be a real deliverance from this spirit of isolation. Hallelujah. And this outpost has got to rise up. Amen. Said there's been an embrace of apostolic concepts. In other words, when we talk about these things, there are people that say, yes, I want that. But the Lord said there has not been an embrace of an apostolic family and DNA. God wants to bring a revolution through a revelation in this territory. There's a calling coming into the region of Perth for spiritual mothers and fathers to arise in the land. In order for the family of God to come together, there's a call for spiritual mothers and fathers to begin to arise. I believe God is raising this territory up as a great apostolic outpost that's going to release the fivefold ministry and release the revival into this region and into this territory. Father, we thank you for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. What's happening is the spirit of this word. The Lord told me, he said, what you're going to preach this weekend is going to be depositing people and the spirit of the word that you're preaching is going to hit people. So what's happening to that woman over there. The spirit of this word is hitting her. Shut up. I just say be loose to give birth to whatever's happening in you right now. In the authority of Jesus' name. This land, the Lord said. Now, this is really a dumb word, but it's just the way he said it to me. So forgive me. But, you know, as an American, we think of Australia, we think of boomerangs. And kangaroos and koalas. This land is the land of the boomerang. And the Lord said, sent ones will go forth and ride the wind and release my power. And then they will return with an accelerated anointing upon them and an accelerated mantle upon them. I began to see people going out and coming back, going out and coming back, going out and coming back, going out and coming back. This is a land of mobilization and activation. And God is casting an apostolic mantle upon this territory. It is no longer time to pray it in it's time to receive it and begin to move in it God is waking this territory up the Lord is waking Perth up the Lord is saying wake up wake up wake up your time has come your time has come your time has come hallelujah I believe many of the intercessors have been sensing this and feeling this in this territory and in this region thank you Holy Ghost Thank you, Holy Ghost. Lord began to say to, in, in prayer this afternoon. He said, Perth, you are not a place of barrenness. The enemies tried to cast a mantle of barrenness over this territory. 
Many have come into this territory with apostolic authority and identity and they were not received and so they left the territory. And the enemies tried to put a spirit of barrenness and the Lord began to say to me, Perth, you are not a place of barrenness. You are a fruitful place with an apostolic mantle of revival. You are a fruitful place with a building anointing of revival. You're not just going to have a revival of goosebumps and shakes and shivers, but you're going to have a revival that penetrates the kingdom of darkness and releases the kingdom of God you're going to have an apostolic building revival that pushes the kingdom of God forward in the earth and plunders the kingdom of hell you are not a barren place you are a fruitful place of glory of destiny of anointing hallelujah yes holy ghost Yes, Holy Ghost. Yes, Holy Ghost. Yes, Holy Ghost. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 1. I want to give you a picture of what I believe the Father is doing in the land right now. If you're in intercession, don't get out to read a scripture. Just get the recording later. Genesis chapter 1. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I break barrenness off of ministries. I break the spirit of barrenness right now. I command the spirit of barrenness to come down, to come down, to come down. I break the spirit of barrenness. Come down off the people of God in the name of Jesus. Come down. Genesis 1 and verse 28. I want you to see after God created man. The very first thing that he did is release the father's blessing. This is what I believe God wants to do in the land of Perth. I believe this is what God wants to do on this western front. I believe God wants to release an apostolic generation that takes the right hand, the hand of authority, the hand of blessing, and begins to lay it upon a generation that is arising. And we begin to mirror what the Father did in the garden in Genesis 1 and verse number 28. It says, God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God did three things. Number one, God blessed them. It's time that an apostolic generation begins to release the blessing on people. It's time that we quit trying to manipulate people and control people and dominate people and it's time that we quit making slaves and we begin to make sons and daughters and release the right hand of blessing. It's time we quit giving the left hand. It's time we give the right hand the hand and a blessing God blessed them and then God said to them I want you to multiply I want to say to you I believe there's a multiplication anointing coming upon the people of God in this hour I believe there's a multiplication anointing that what you have been doing is going to bow to the spirit of increase and they're going to intensify and increase you may have been in a wilderness season a dry season but God's got a Genesis 1 28 for you he's got a blessing he's got 
out of multiplication. And the third thing is he gave them dominion. Hallelujah. We need to quit walking around begging. Oh God, I wish you'd do this. Oh God, I wish you'd do that. Oh God, I wish you'd do that. Where are the sons and the daughters of the living God that walk into a territory and say, you will come under the dominion and the authority of the government of God. Hallelujah. It's time. It's time for barrenness to be broken. Time for the threefold blessing of Genesis 1.28. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. You know what? I was preaching in outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And this man was his prophet was eating dinner with me, but down at the other end of the table. And he got up from the table and he said, I have a word of the Lord for you. I said, Okay, what is it? He said, The Lord says, You're about to get upgraded. He said, the Lord says, you're about to get first class airline tickets. More often than not, God's going to put you in the first class cabin. Now, I'm just telling you the truth. I was sitting there and I thought of all the things in my life. At that moment, that was way down on the list. But he just stood there with great boldness and conviction, began to prophesy this over me. And, you know, I have barely been out of the first class cabin of an airplane every flight I've been on. I flew here to Australia for the coach ticket first class i didn't arrive tired or sleepy i arrived refreshed and well taken care of why because there was a multiplication anointing upon me there are many of you that what you've been doing for years and years and years and years there's a genesis 128 revelation god wants to download in your spirit that there's a multiplication the bible said he that's been faithful in little will be made ruler over much one of the things an apostolic mantle does is it increases you it's time that we begin to step into the spirit of increase i believe there's an increase of the miraculous i believe there's an increase of the prophetic i believe there's an increase of glory i believe there's an increase of revival i believe there's an increase of presence i believe there's an increase of intercession I believe there's a Genesis 1:28. God is putting dominion on us what did he say to Joshua as an apostolic blessing he said everywhere the sole of your foot treads upon it's yours to take I am tired of the wimpy generation that walks around and talks about how big the demons are yes there are demons in the land yes there are giants in the land but I find no authority in scripture that permits a demon to rule over me I don't care what kind of demon it is I find no authority in scripture that tells me to respond to what a demon is saying to me I find everywhere in scripture that tells me I have authority over the powers of hell I believe every son every daughter of God has authority over the powers of hell and God's putting an increase on us God's putting a dominion on us God's placing a mantle on us of significance to begin to steward the move of God in the land to begin to steward the promise of God in the land we are not beggars we are not paupers we are the children of the most High God. Hallelujah. Increase. 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 I was working on a book. I said, I want to get this certain publisher. I want to get this certain contract. And I want to share about this book on this certain television show. I want these three things to line up. So I went to one of my friends and said, I'm going to go to that company. I'm going to pitch that book. They said to me, well, they typically turn down your first pitch. I said, okay, and I prayed about it. The Lord said, don't pitch one book, which they typically turn down. Go in and be bold and pitch two books. 
and ask for a two-book contract double the normal first author's contract. I said, all right, Lord. So I contacted the leader over the company and I said, I want to pitch you two books. I pitched two expecting maybe that I could get one. And I got a contract within a short period of time that said, we want to print both of your books. When I talked to my friend who had worked with the company for years, they said to me, they never do this. But you see, I am a son of the Most High God. Amen. Then I got a phone call from the producer of the television show that said, hey, we've read your book. I didn't even know they had my book. But someone from the publisher sent the manuscript and said, we want you on our show because we love your book. I'm telling somebody here tonight, there is a Genesis 1, 28 multiplication and dominion anointing on you. It is time that we quit tuning our dreams down and we quit diminishing our vision because we don't have faith that God can do it. This is the season of audacious outrageous dreamers this is the season of audacious outrageous faith God not only can God wants to do it he's waiting for someone with faith so big that it provokes him to move God wants to do it hallelujah you know in the land of Australia there's a Wigglesworth anointing in the dirt but to get something out of the dirt you've got to dig in the dirt and turn it over my spiritual father, Norval Hayes, was friends with Lester Sumrall. Sumrall was trained by Howard Carter. Howard was the spiritual successor of Smith Wigglesworth. One night, Dr. Norval was preaching in a meeting, and his chest began to hurt, his heart began to hurt. And he said, my Lord, what is going on? Am I having a heart attack? The Lord said, no, you're not having a heart attack. I want to give people new hearts. I've got new hearts in heaven, and I want to give people new hearts. So he called for people to come for new hearts, and the front filled up with people. And then he got ready to pray for them. And the Lord said, don't touch them and don't have any worship. Have them just stand there and wait on me. I wasn't in the meeting, but they said they just stood there for some 15 minutes with no sound, no music, no worship, no nothing, no feeling, no nothing. They just stood. 15 turned to 30. 30 turned to 45. And they just stood there. As they stood there, all of a sudden, a wind came in the side of the room. And this person on the end began to shake and then fell. Then this person shook and fell. One by one, they shook and fell. They shook and fell. They shook and fell. They shook and fell. Testimonies began to roll in after that meeting. I went to my doctor and I got a new heart. I went to my doctor and I got a new heart. I went to my doctor and I got a new heart. And the Lord told me, he said, Ryan, because you're a spiritual son, you have the heart anointing. I was preaching in Tennessee and one of my spiritual son's father came. I didn't know, but he had had a procedure on his heart where they put uh, stents in his heart. And I had no idea. And the Lord said, pray, I'm going to give him a new heart. And I said, I don't know what's going on with your heart, but God said he's going to give you a new heart. So I began to pray. And you know what? God gave him a new heart. He went back to the doctor. The doctor said, there are no stents. We cannot find that we ever did a procedure on your heart. All we can find is a healthy, normal heart. So one day, Brother Norval was thinking about that, and he was with Lester. And he said, you know, Lester, it was so wonderful what God did with those new hearts. I sure hope Jesus lets me pray again for new hearts. And Lester said, Norval, don't you know how that works? When God gives you a gift, you've got that gift, and you can exercise that gift by faith. 
God is looking for some audacious people that step out of the boat and get in the water and say, Holy Spirit, we believe, we dream. Perth is going to be subdued and changed and brought under the control of the kingdom by radical Genesis 1.28 people who are not afraid of the devil, who are not afraid of opposition, but dare to believe God. I don't care how outrageous your dream is. I say, go for it. This is the season to dream big. I don't know about you, but I just feel a stirring in my own spirit during this season. It's a season to dream big. I had a, a, a man that wrote me an email a few years ago. And he said, Ryan, the Lord spoke to me. The Lord said, you're going to come to my city. When you come to my city, my city's going to shift and the whole city's going to change. And I read that and thought, oh my gosh, this is one of those prophetic people that are just like out there, you know? And so I, I, I just thought, I don't know what I'm going to do about this, but okay, whatever. So that man started coming to all of our meetings in Virginia. And one of our meetings broke into a revival. And it went on for months and months and months. People were healed. People were delivered. People were prophesied over. And he began to minister with me in those revival meetings. After about a year and a half, we had two different series of extended meetings in two different places. And after about a year and a half, I said, oh yeah, we met each other because you sent me an email about your city. Here a year and a half, we've had revival. People have been healed. People have been set free. Phenomenal miracles. But we still haven't went to your city. I think it's about time we went to your city. We went to his city, and he had a very small church, very small group of people. And that first weekend, the glory of God hit that place. So many people came. They couldn't fit him in the sanctuary. They were stacking people in a side room. There was a man that had two canes and was bent over and couldn't walk normal. And he was sitting in the side room and I was preaching like I am right now. And the Holy Ghost said to me, I want you to go after bone miracles right now. I want to begin to heal bones. I want to begin to knock arthritis out of people. I want to begin to put new joints in people. I want to begin to move. The Lord said to me, you just begin to pray. And so it happened that man was in the side room. And I went off in the side room again to pray. And I just stood in front of that man. And the gift of faith hit me. And the gift of faith said, get up and walk. And I said, sir, the Lord says, get up and walk. And that man struggled. But all of a sudden, in the middle of his struggle, the Holy Ghost hit him. And as the Holy Ghost hit him, he jumped up. And I said, sir, don't just walk, but run. And he began running. I said, pick up your canes. And he took his canes and began to run out front. And revival broke out in that place. And we were there months and months and months and months. Because a man dared to have an audacious dream. His church could like quadrupled in size. And one weekend, I didn't have any joy about going there and preaching. And I knew my time was done. And I said, this will be my last weekend. I'm handing it over to you. And they've been having monthly revival meetings ever since then. They just had a meeting and I just watched on video since I've been here in Australia. Totally packed out people from all over West Virginia coming to that place. You know what? God wants to put a Genesis 128 on us. God wants to put an outrageous, audacious faith anointing, a multiplication of increase and dominion on us. Lord began to say this to me this afternoon. He said that the womb of Perth is healed and barrenness is broken over the region. You know, regions have prophetic wombs. They have places of intercession, places of prayer where things are birthed and released. In a lot of regions, there's miscarriages. Go into the region, you can feel that things began and they were crushed. Things began and they were crushed. 
I believe this weekend God wants to make a pronouncement over the womb of Perth saying that it's healed and barrenness is broken. In fact, I heard the Lord say this. He is asking his people to align with that reality and to pray it through. To begin to say that birth is blessed. That the womb of birth is blessed. That things are being birthed in this region and in this territory. That God is moving. That the spirit of revival is here. That there's an apostolic mantle and mandate here. That kingdom sinners are rising. That God is doing great things. That birth is in revival. And the Holy Ghost is breathing and moving. And the fullness of the prophetic destiny of God will come to pass in this land. And you will accept nothing less than that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So look at Galatians chapter 4. I just feel the Holy Ghost tonight. Galatians 4.22. There are wounded apostolic leaders. God wants to heal you this weekend. God wants to deliver you. There's nothing more painful than to have a dream. Have that dream crushed on the inside. Some people never recover from that, but our God is a God of healing. Our God is a God of deliverance. Galatians 4.22 For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the bondwoman and one by the free woman. But the son by the bondwoman was born according to the flesh and the son by the free woman through the promise. This is allegorically speaking. For these women are two covenants, one from Mount Sinai bearing children who are to be slaves. She is Hagar. Now this Hagar is Mount Sinai and corresponds to present Jerusalem. She is slavery. But the Jerusalem above is free. She is our mother. For it is written, verse 27, Rejoice, barren woman who does not bear. Break forth and shout. And I just feel this is a prophetic pronouncement over birth. You will not be in bondage to the spirit of slavery, but spiritual sons and daughters are rising. And the Lord is saying to you, Rejoice. He said, Rejoice, barren woman who does not bear. Break forth and shout. For you are not in labor. For more numerous are the children of the desolate than the one that has a husband and I just believe that the Lord is speaking this over Perth that the promises of God are in this territory and in this land and it's time to rejoice and shout and begin to praise God that the womb of this region is blessed and fruitful this is not a barren territory this is a fruitful territory amen he said, and you, brethren, like Isaac, are children of the promise. But as at that time he was born according to the flesh, persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. So it now also. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman. I believe the Lord sends time to cast out the spirit of slavery. You are not slaves, but you are sons and daughters. You are not people that are born under a curse. You are people born under the blessing. When you got born again, all of heaven came to live inside of you. Healing lives in you. Victory lives in you. Deliverance lives in you. If you learn to begin to live out of your spirit, there is no disease big enough. There is no affliction big enough. I like what John G. Lake said. He said, in me the spirit of life dwells and therefore sickness and disease has to bow its knee. I believe there's an army of healing generals that are being activated in this hour to carry the healing anointing and we're going to know that we are the sons and the daughters of the most high God. We are not paupers. We are not beggars but we've got the spirit of adoption and sonship in us. That's what the apostolic spirit is. It's the spirit of sonship that we are called to manifest heaven. We are called to release the government of God in the earth the authority of God in the earth it's time cancer bows to the government of God it's time depression bows to the government of God 
It's time that discouragement bows to the government of God. It's time to release the government of God. He said, cast out the bondwoman. Cast out the one that represents slavery. It's time to change your identity. You're not a slave. You don't pray from a position of begging. You pray as a king. You give decrees. You have commands. You tell the devil, you can't have a hold of me. You can't control me. You can't steal my dream. You can't lie to me. You can't lie about me. You can't take what belongs to me. You can't have my portion. You can't steal from my family. You know, we had a mighty battle in our family twice. We have a son named Joshua. In the bloodline, there was a disease that's incurable. And the symptoms began to manifest in our son. And it got worse and it got worse and it got worse. And the doctor said, you've got to bring him in for a test. But this test would put a label on him the rest of his life of a particular incurable disease. And I told my wife, I don't want to do that test. But he was sick, at least symptom-wise. She said, we have to do something. So we began to pray. And I said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have a healing meeting every week. I mean, every day at the Lestrange house. Every morning, we're going to gather in our living room. And we're going to command and demand that the kingdom of God rules and reigns over the kingdom of darkness in our family. So he began to have a healing meeting. We lay our hands on him and we command heaven. Heaven's promise to be manifest. Many mornings when we would be doing that, the enemy would come and attack his body. And the symptoms would get worse. We fought this battle for a number of months. And then finally, one day, it all broke. The doctors said there's no need for a test. It must not have been that. It must have been a virus. And it broke. And it's been years ago. He's never had those symptoms since then. Then the enemy came after his emotions. And the enemy drug him out of the kingdom of God. And the enemy said, you know what? I'm going to steal your son. You can go all over the world and preach. You can build church. You can build revival hubs. You can write books. But I'm going to steal your son. One pastor friend of mine said, it's okay, Ryan. Just keep preaching. Don't worry about it. I said, it's not okay. It's not okay to keep preaching and let the enemy put his hands on a member of my family that belongs to God. It's not okay. The devil was screaming at me every day. The devil said, you have no business preaching. You're a failure. You have no business trying to help anybody else. You can't even help your own family. It was like I had a demon on my shoulder. During that time, I was asked to preach on live television over 200 nations. I said, I don't want to preach in my living room, let alone live television. You know, the devil knows how to hit you where it hurts the most. He's ruthless. That's why I hate him. I love to crush him. I love to attack him. I love to defeat him. I was preaching in Belize, and he showed up one night and wrecked our meeting. So I gathered the whole team together. We didn't wreck it. We pressed through, but he opposed us greatly. And I said, tomorrow night we're going to do something the enemy didn't see coming. They said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to attack him back. We're going to have a deliverance meeting tomorrow night. And I lined up three people, and I said, you're all going to preach on casting out demons. And then we're going to cast them out of people. We're going to go after anybody that looks like they might even have a demon and anoint them and cast them out. We're going to tell everybody about Jesus and get them saved. 
That night, it was a mighty battle. I'm telling you, there was a man we began to pray for, and a green-looking worm-like thing came out of him as we prayed and came onto that concrete floor. He was a gang member that had been shot and attacked, and the devil had a hold of him. He began to scream and make all kinds of noises, but the power of Jesus came in that place and set him free, and we had a mighty deliverance meeting. Some of you need to put on your armor, and you need to begin to attack the devil back. So I told the devil, you've messed with the wrong person. I'm going to go and I'm going to find young people. Every preaching assignment I have, I'm going to go eat in cafes. I'm going to go into parks. I'm going to go wherever, wherever I find a young person. And I'm going to tell them about Jesus. During that time, I won so many young people to the Lord and prophesied to them and told them about Jesus. But you know, the greatest thing of all, as I kept attacking the devil back, he let loose of my son and my son got delivered. My son got free. And today he's in the ministry and on fire for God. Oh, but it was a mighty battle. The enemy loves to fight God's people. But greater is he that's in us. He that's in this world. I believe there's some apostolic warriors arising in this region. Amen. The revelation of sonship, I believe, is being sealed in our hearts. You're not ever going to have any great results with God. if You don't know who you are in God. You have to know that you're a son of God. I believe tonight you're being invited to do miracles as sons. I believe you're being invited to do exploits as sons. I believe you're being invited to love as sons. I believe you're being invited to pray as sons. I believe you're being invited to run as sons. I believe you're being invited to rest as sons. I was praying for this one lady that was deaf. The Lord said, I'm going to heal her. I stood in front of her and she looked so nervous. And I said, Father, she's so nervous. And he said, I don't need her faith. You and I can agree on this son and get her healed. And I said to her, the Lord says he doesn't need your faith. Him and I are going to agree. I said, I want you to just lean back into daddy's arms and quit trying to get healed and just lean into him. And when she did that, the Holy Ghost came on her and popped her deaf ears open and healed her. Listen, we need to know who we are as sons of God, as daughters of God. God's inviting his people to come as sons. We, that's the whole apostolic mantle. His fathers and mothers mantling sons and daughters. And the greatest father who ever lived is God Almighty. And he wants to bring an awareness that we are his sons and daughters. It doesn't matter how many battles we've been through. doesn't matter how weary we've grown. doesn't matter how challenging it's been. doesn't matter what our call is, how big, how little it seems. You know, there are no little callings in God. If the most important person in the universe asks you to pick up a paper, it's the most important job ever. See, people think, well, I don't have a great calling. The greatest calling of your life is to be a son or daughter. It's to love God. All the rest is icing on the cake. The greatest calling in the world is to love and be loved. To know God loves you. I believe this apostolic generation that God has raised up has a great big mantle on them marked love. God's teaching us to be radical lovers and embark on the great exploits of the Holy Spirit. You haven't lived until you've seen blind eyes pop open. You haven't lived until you've seen a cripple walk under the power of the Holy Ghost. You haven't lived until you've been in a, a place And someone full of the devil comes and tries to attack you. And they get up on you. I had a member of the mafia in Europe come. 
the bill collector for the mafia, the leg breaker for the mafia. I was preaching the largest evangelistic meetings in that nation, and he's sitting in the audience, and he comes to the front during a wild prayer line, and nobody notices what's going on. And he lunges towards me, and the Holy Ghost said, that man's in darkness, son, bind it up right now. I said, I rebuke you. He, all he could do is get his hands on my waist. Well, that just formed a connection. Then I began to pray. The power of God came on him and he screamed something out in another language and hit the floor. The translator began to weep. I said, what is it? She said, that man just screamed, I surrender. Later, he told me I was sitting in my seat and a voice said, go hurt that man. He said, I got up there and I was going to hurt you. But he couldn't because the power of the kingdom, the power of the kingdom. And he got delivered and the mafia said, we're going to kill you. You can't leave. The only way is by death. He said, before you kill me, watch this DVD of what happened to me. And when they saw what happened to him, they let him go. And he was enrolled in Bible college, preaching the gospel, telling you it's wonderful to do exploits in the Holy Spirit. But the whole thing comes through love. The apostolic spirit is a fathering spirit. It's a mothering spirit. It's releasing the love of God. It's releasing the destiny of a generation. Let's look at Galatians 4. God wants you to come into the revelation of sonship. Perth, you are not barren. The womb of revival is rich in this territory. And the Holy Spirit wants to raise you into a new season. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. Now I say as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave. Although he's the owner of everything. It's a very strange paradox. You put a slave and you put a son next to each other. And at first you can't tell the difference. Why? Because they're both dedicated to radical service. Who can live your Christian life as a slave. Serving God from a position of fear. God's inviting you to sonship. God's inviting you to the mantle of redemption. To the mantle of sonship. He says, but he's under the guardians and the manager until the day set by the Father. So many people live their lives under the shadow of Jesus. Keeping rules and regulations. Never knowing the person of Jesus. My son could break every rule in our house. But he's still my son. He's still in the will. He still carries my identity. He still carries my name. There's not anything he can do to cause him to lose what's inside of him. You can serve God through all these rules, all these regulations. I'm not saying that discipline's not a good thing. It is a good thing. There's a difference in saying I'm setting my flesh aside and then saying I'm trying to earn God's approval and God's favor. You don't earn what's given to you. The spirit of slavery will annihilate the power of God in your life. It will diminish the operation of the authority and the weight of the kingdom because slaves don't move mountains and slaves don't transform regions and slaves don't do exploits. It's reserved for sons and daughters. Sons and daughters full of the Holy Spirit. Authorized with power and identity. See, when you get that revelation... You're not praying prayers of healing anymore. You're releasing the spirit of healing. You're releasing the spirit of revival. I asked my friend, my enjoy's friend, Captain Mullins from the ramp. 
I said, Catherine, give me a definition of revival. I've asked everybody, Pastor Kilpatrick, many, many different people. They all have given good ones. She gave the best. She said, that's simple. Revival is Jesus. And Jesus is revival. Jesus doesn't walk into a room and leave crippled people crippled. Neither does a son. But a slave does. Slave prays, oh, dad, I wish I had enough power to do something about this. A slave says, I didn't fast and pray enough first. Slave says, I messed up and said something I shouldn't have. Slave says, I can't do this. Slave says, I can handle this little one, but not this big one. A son walks in and says, I've got the answer. I've got the power of the kingdom. God's inviting his sons and daughters to transform regions. God's inviting us to be married to the assignments of fire. Now, I was outside of Sydney. I went into a vision. I was preaching for this ministry called Generation Fire. And I saw wedding rings on the left hand. But the wedding rings were made of fire. I said, Father, what are you doing? He said, I want to marry people to the fire. And the fire's in the land. And I want to marry them to the land and to the fire. A son is married to the kingdom. And there's not a demon big enough to drag them out. We don't displace demon powers by our works, but by our sonship. We don't displace and transform difficult regions by our works, but by our sonship. As sons, we pray out of fellowship to receive reward. We don't pray out of bondage to earn approval. As daughters, we worship to draw closer to him. You don't worship to try to get something from him. God took me down a year and a half journey. I feel the fog of the Lord. Mm, I do see it. I do see it, Father. I feel the fog of the Lord entering this room. God took me down a year and a half journey. Of impartation. I ended in Orange County, California, in Oral Roberts' house. I said, Oral, I want to ask you one question. Just one. How did you get the power of God to come into those tents and shake a generation with healing? He said, I prayed in the Holy Ghost. He said, I didn't pray hours. I prayed little 10 and 15 minute chunks. He said, my mind has always been so active. If you put me in a room and told me to sit for an hour, I can't stand it. Why do you say that, Ryan? Because some of you look at somebody else's prayer routine and say, if I don't do that, I'm not a son. God looks at you and says, you are a son. One man prayed in 10, 15 minute chunks and brought a greater manifestation of the healing power than people that lay in floors for five hours and begged God because he didn't beg God. He took him by the hand and walked with him and unlocked what belonged to him. God's looking for a generation of sons and daughters that'll unlock. Brother, I see a massive wave of sonship on you. God said that the hardship of unfulfilled promises being broken off of you tonight and the burning adoption and fiery revelation of who you are is coming alive. God's marrying you to the land. 
Filled with fire. Take it. Take it. Take it. He's baptizing you in fire tonight. Are you his wife? Put your hands on his head and baptize him in fire. Baptize him in fire. All that weight's coming off you. 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 And the release to sonship is coming now. The release to sonship is coming now. God said in Galatians, because you are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into our heart, crying, Abba, Father, Daddy, God. God is raising up Perth as an apostolic headquarter. You are not barren. Your womb is blessed. Let the sons and the daughters arise. Let the sons worship, please. Let the sons. Will you do worship? I could, but it's not going to be good. Let the sons and the daughters arise. Let the sons and the daughters arise. God, begin to release fire. Begin to release fire. Begin to release fire. Begin to release fire. Begin to release fire.